Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So please bear with me for a minute while I talk about a psychological theory. In 1958, Fritz Heider wrote The Psychology of Interpersonal Relations. And he talked about attribution theory. That was probably the first time that attribution theory was introduced. And what that is about is when things happen in life, we decide if what has happened was either because of the circumstances or because of personal traits of the person involved in the circumstances. So it becomes attribution bias when we start to decide that for us personally, it's different than for other people. For example, I got the promotion because I am a hard worker. My coworker got the promotion because they were just the next person in line and the company needed somebody to step up to the plate. So in this example, I attribute my personal traits to gaining me a new position and that my coworker who received a promotion did not get that promotion because of their personal traits, but because of the circumstances. And it works in the opposite direction too, right? I lost my job because the company had to make cuts and they had no choice but to eliminate a lot of positions. And because of those circumstances, unfortunately, I lost my job. Or when somebody else gets laid off, we might say that person got laid off because they were dead weight in the company and they weren't contributing anything and it's no wonder they got laid off. So you can see how the bias works, that we ascribe to ourselves when we're doing well personal traits that got us there. And when something bad happens, we say, oh, it was because of the situation or the circumstances. Now, when other people do well, it's because of luck. Or when they do poorly, it's because of some character flaw that the other person has. And so you see how this bias works. And you can see this in a lot of different ways. And I I think that we can see this a lot, particularly in people who have big egos, that uh, there's sort of this extra confidence about their personal traits that will create all kinds of great situations for themselves in the present and in the future. And if anything goes wrong, it's due to something happening beyond one's control or beyond their control. And so um, I was, now we always see these overly confident people in the workplace. I remember being in graduate school and there were three or four guys in my doctoral program who 
absolutely monopolized every class, every class where we would have to be talking about some concept. These guys would always be dominating the conversation and just the ones to speak up first, the ones to speak up and talk to each other. And it was really kind of annoying. And it was as if they were the only ones in the program. And we're all kind of familiar with these overly confident people who they are just big egos and they can do no wrong. And if something happens in their favor, it's because of their personality traits they believe. And if something doesn't happen in their favor or if something goes wrong, then it was due to bad circumstances or bad luck or something. Now, what I wanted to talk about today is exactly the opposite of attribution bias. I wanted to talk about people who have this other thing called imposter syndrome. Here's another psychology theory reference. Pauline Clance and Suzanne Inez in 1978 did a study titled The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention. And basically what they recognized is that there were all these women who did well in life, but instead of recognizing that it was their personal traits that got them there, they did not see it that way at all. And I see people with imposter syndrome a lot in private practice. And the idea is they believe that they don't deserve even what they already have. And so that might mean a position in their career or the education that they have. So for example, if I talk to somebody who has a PhD in some field and they tell me, I don't deserve to have this position where I am, and I don't know, people are going to find out that I'm a fraud. And I find myself reminding them, well, you know, you have a PhD, and you came from a good university, and you're very good at what you do, and why wouldn't you have this position? And then they proceed to tell me about something, some kind of circumstance in which they got into their PhD program because the program was accepting more people at the time or that they got through the program because someone helped them in some way. And they come up with all of these reasons why they are faking it that they are a fraud, that people don't really know. Um, They will say things like, I got here just because I was lucky. Things were easy when I was coming in. It's not like that now. People don't really know the real me. And their biggest fear is that. Their biggest fear is that someone will find out the truth about 
who they actually are, that they are actually incompetent, that they actually don't deserve to be in the position they're in, that once people know the truth and they find out about them, then they will lose everything. They will be fired from their job and no one will have respect for them when they find out the truth. And somehow it gets turned around that they are excellent actors and nobody really knows who they are. And because they're such good actors, they have convinced everyone around them that they are competent, but really they're not. And this is very sad because somehow, somewhere along the way, their achievements became minimized that someone in their lives did not appreciate them and that they were basically told that anything that you achieve is not enough somehow. And really the message is much deeper than that and starts earlier than that. It's something that starts in childhood where they are told, and usually it's not a direct message. Usually parents don't say, you don't deserve love, you don't deserve success, you don't deserve to be happy. Parents don't outwardly say that. They send that message through their actions and sometimes through other words. And what it is is that this is created in childhood. So a therapist, a young therapist or a newbie in the field might say, well, we've just got to turn this around. I'm going to tell the person that they deserve and I'm going to send the message over and over again that they deserve everything they have, they've worked hard for everything they have, and there is evidence to support that they are where they should be in life. But see, this is not a game of logic. It is not about logically convincing somebody that they got to where they are in life because of their hard work and achievement and endurance, desire to achieve. The intervention is not to continue to try to convince the person logically that they are good enough and they deserve to be where they are in life because this is not about logic. There is nothing wrong with logic. The problem is in the emotional side of the brain. And it is impossible to convince somebody that they are where they are because of their hard work and their ability to persevere because 
emotionally, they will find all kinds of evidence to support the fact that they don't deserve to be there. And there's nothing that a therapist can do to convince them otherwise. And in their minds, even if they don't say it out loud, they will be thinking, the person who feels like the imposter will be thinking, yeah, but you don't really know how bad I am either. I haven't told you so much about myself. And if you knew, you would know that I don't deserve to be where I am. So, as I said, this starts in childhood. And this is childhood trauma as it rears its ugly head in the present, in the adult world. This is the trauma that gets carried into adulthood. And so it comes from being young and having the primary caregiver in your life tell you that you don't deserve any of the normal things that all children deserve. You don't deserve love. And again, it might not be said, but when a child comes to get affection or emotional support from the parent, the parent has no interest or doesn't respond or is preoccupied with their own stuff. And even I have seen it go further where parents almost send the message that the child does not, does not deserve food or shelter in a way, you know, and that doesn't come out as obvious, but, but a message might be, boy, kid, you're eating me out of house and home. Food costs a lot of money, and I can't believe how much you're eating. Or, you know how hard I work to make sure that you have a roof over your head, and you don't even care. You don't deserve the things that I have provided for you. It comes out in all these different ways. But children deserve love and respect and attention. All children deserve these things. But there are a lot of parents who convince them otherwise and convince them that nothing in their life they deserve. And so fast forward to adulthood and I will hear people say they don't deserve to be in the career they're in, to have gotten the education they did, to be happy in their relationship, to be happy in life. They will tell you and they will be convinced that they are nothing more than an imposter and underneath it all, they are worthless. And this is really, really sad. And it's sad because I meet perfectly competent people all the time and people who are perfectly loving in relationships and deserve everything that they have in life. And it's so evident to me how they got there and how the things they have in their life, they got because they did create it themselves. They did persevere. 
they did show interest, they did show competence, they did give. And yet, that little kid inside of them always feels like they don't deserve. And so this is where some of that surface level therapy doesn't work. This is where I start to get irritated about things like positive affirmations. Trying to say the words to yourself over and over again, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, or I am enough, or whatever the words are of the moment, they don't work because that is, again, appealing to a logical side of the brain that I should feel like I deserve. But the emotional side of the brain doesn't. The emotional side does not feel that way at all. The emotional side of the brain is convinced that every single thing that you have in life is not because of anything that you have done. It's because of other people or circumstances or something else or luck. Whatever it is, it's impossible to own that you are where you are because of what you have created for yourself, the life that you have created for yourself. And if you understand this, if it speaks to you, the idea of going through life and feeling like an imposter or a fake or an actor in any area of your life, the only thing that is going to heal you is for you to do a deep dive into the trauma that caused it. Where that message first came from that told you you don't deserve anything. So please, if I'm describing you, find someone to do the real deep work. Don't waste your time with logic or words and do the emotional work that needs to be done. Do that deep dive, deal with the trauma, and it is trauma that creates this. Be well, and thank you for listening.